The following is an encore presentation of Sunny in Seattle. Sunny would like to wish everyone the happiest of New Year. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes back the psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony. And he's launched a brand new book, The Afterlife Frequency. So tune in as they explore the scientific proof of spiritual contact and how that awareness will change your life. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we are here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives found at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. And just for quick housekeeping, my website is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. Um, Vinny, how is it up in Seattle? Oh, we're doing pretty good. You know, I put a little extra tin foil on the towers this morning, especially for really? today's show. You know, we've got <laughs> some big news coming at everybody. So I stretched out those guy wires to make sure, Mark, they don't. <laughs> You know, topple over. So I'm just making sure. Yeah. I'm picturing Benny balancing on one leg with a foot right. in the other hand. I'll be down like, in just a minute. Like, <laughs> give me another minute. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I have to say, Benny, um, we rolled back into Petaluma uh, just several days ago. Uh -huh. um, and, um, you know, we've got big decisions to make about where we're going to be and what's going to happen. And, um, and right as we roll into Petaluma, mind you, I, this is not a good thing, but California has had, if not the driest, yes. one of the driest summers on record. Um, and we get into Petaluma and within 24 hours, it begins to rain and it is like oh. days. It's called the parade of precipitation this nice. week in the North Bay area nice. for the Bay area. <laughs> so. so you brought it down from the Pacific Northwest. It traveled yes. slowly with you, basically. Yeah. Chase likes to blame it on me because I'm not a fan of extreme heat. And so we got to, to Texas back in April and it was like a monsoon for the, the weeks that we were right. there. And it's it, this has happened across the country. So anyway, I'm hoping you are having um, better fall weather up. I mean, well, definitely need the rain down here in California. But anyway, I'm just I'm giggling a little bit that it feels uh, the mornings have felt a little like little like being in the Pacific Northwest here in the Bay Area. <laughs> I feel that you stretched a, a giant leash uh, high atop of some clouds and dragged it along with you along the Ooh. coastline. Uh, but you left a little for us because we're not going anywhere. So okay. we're still doing pretty good, but we still miss you. <laughs> Yeah, miss you too, Benny. Well, I mean, as we've talked about, there's a chance we may be back up there. Who knows? Things Come are pretty. On. There are so many. I feel very grateful. Possibilities abound, so we may be making our way back up there, Benny. You can't see me, but I'm crossing <laughs> my fingers. I'm like, "Come on, do I gotta go to the casino? Do I have to bet gamble? Do I bet on this?" Uh, well, we will talk all about it on First Friday uh, with Alessandra coming up here in a couple of weeks. Perfecto, so, perfecto. In any event, I don't want to waste any more time talking about my logistics. I would love to bring on our fantastic guest for today. He is a repeat guest on Sunny in Seattle, and I'm so excited. He's got another book out, and per usual, it's fantastic. So um, just to give you a little background, we've got today with us Mark Anthony. 
the psychic explorer. And he's also known as the psychic lawyer. He is a fourth generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. He is an Oxford educated attorney licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States, United States Supreme Court as well. This psychic explorer travels to mystical locations in remote corners of the world to examine ancient mysteries and supernatural phenomenon. Mark also appears nationwide on TV and radio, including CBS TV's The Doctors and Gaia TV's Beyond Belief with George Norrie. He is the co-host of The Psychic and the Doc on Transformation Network as well. He is a featured speaker at conferences, expos, and universities, which include Brown, Columbia, Harvard, and Yale. He is also a columnist for Best Holistic Life magazine. He is the author of The Afterlife Frequency, which is his latest book, which we'll be talking about today. His other bestsellers are Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. Um, find out more about him, uh, the book, and the events that he's got coming up at afterlifefrequency.com. That is afterlifefrequency.com. Um, welcome back to Sunny in Seattle, Mark Anthony. Thank you, Sunny. It is, uh, I just love being on air with you, and thank you, Benny. Um, I always like working with Benny. He makes all this technology happen. Yes, he does. It would not be the same without him. I got to put Mark Tinfoil up there. Be right back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, that that's funny about the tinfoil, because um, before I left the practice of law to go into this full time, and, and obviously, I keep up my certification because I appear on TV and radio as a legal analyst, in addition to psychic medium, near death experience researcher and paranormal investigator. But this one judge came up to me and he said, you know, the, the, uh, the bailiffs in the courthouse are afraid of you. And I said, what? He said, a couple of them have been putting aluminum foil in their hats because they want to keep you out of their head. And I'm like, seriously, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't go around reading people's minds. I'm not one of the villainous X-Men. I mean, it's just amazing how bizarre people act sometimes. So so when you said that about the, the aluminum foil, I just started laughing because it made me think of that. Oh, it does not surprise me. I mean, you've got some stories, Mark. That's one of the reasons your work is so engaging and entertaining. And and I just want to start with one story that I actually don't know yet that we kind of teased up before we got on air. So this latest book, as I was telling you before we went live, one of the things I love about your writing is you, it's, it's perfect for my style. It provides like, you've got some religious history in there. You've got some science, you've got these incredible stories from your work practicing as a medium and also an attorney. Um, and so this book is, is no different in that sense. It definitely delivers in the way that I love about your writing. So the afterlife frequency, which was just released, I noticed that it was dedicated to Shirley MacLaine and a Apparently, I was going to ask you about that, but apparently there are some fun synchronicities with Shirley MacLaine that have happened that I don't even know about yet. Well, um, absolutely. And I'm very, very honored that in and uh, Shirley MacLaine, for people who don't know who she is, and and I find that hard to believe, but she is an Academy Award winning actress and she is in her 80s now, but she's still working, still going strong. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She was an incredible dancer, and she was the first major celebrity to go public with her beliefs in reincarnation, psychic phenomenon, um, UFOs, and uh, she she put out a book. Uh, her, her first big book was called Out on a Limb. 
because she actually went out on a limb uh, doing that. And of course, the media and, and uh, you know, everyone was was uh, attacking her, but she she handled it really, really well. And what's fascinating, uh, Sonny, when she was on tour promoting out on a limb, she did a big event in Orlando, Florida, and my mother went to go see her. And my mother uh, was also a medium like me, as, as was my dad. And on a break, mom was doing some mini readings for people. And also in the crowd parts, and there's Shirley MacLaine. She walks mm. up and says, so I hear you're the lady I should get a reading from. <gasps> yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I remember mom telling me about this. And I said, so so what did you tell her? And she goes, well, that's between Shirley and me. And I'm like, she never <laughs> told me, you know. So, so years and years later, in fact, um, about... I guess three or four, I think it was, no, no, it was more like five years ago. I was on tour of New York state and I was in Buffalo, New York. And um, I travel with my manager, Rocky. And so Rocky goes, Mark, you're not going to believe who's on the phone. I go, what? She goes, Shirley McLean's radio show, independent expressions is on the phone. And Shirley McLean wants to interview you for her show. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, seriously, you know, at first we thought this was some kind of prank, but it wasn't, you know, and I go, well, when does she want to do this? And she said, now, and I'm like, now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, because, you know, normally, you know, we, we book things and all this. So I get on the phone and it was supposed to be a 20 minute interview, but we we're on for two hours and 40 minutes. Oh, and, and I mean, I'll never forget to get on the phone and, um, Shirley was just absolutely amazing, wonderful, sharp as attack, uh, still is. And um, in fact, she had just appeared on what was that show Downton Abbey, like not not long Ooh. before that. So so she was, you know, back in in uh, the news big time. Okay. And so so during the course of, of the conversation, um, I, I made some comment about about JFK, uh, President John F. Kennedy Jr. And okay. she goes, oh, him. And I, and I go, did you know him? She goes, yes, I was at his birthday celebration where Marilyn Monroe sang happy birthday. And I'm like, no way, you know, like, you know, so like, I figure, well, heck, you know, I want to ask her. And I said, you knew Marilyn Monroe? She goes, oh, yes. She said, Marilyn and I were always up for the same parts at that time, I'm, you know, and and the studios used to play us off against one uh, another. And oh. then I and I remember Shirley MacLaine was part of the 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 Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, um, Joey Bishop, Peter Lawford, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. And then I realized, well, yeah, Peter Lawford was was John F. Kennedy's brother-in-law. Okay, oh. and, and Frank Sinatra Jr. I mean, Frank Sinatra was a, a real, real uh, close friend of uh, the Kennedys. And yeah. so she said, so at the birthday celebration that um, Marilyn refused to wear the dress. And she goes, I'm not wearing that dress and going out on stage. And one of the producers said, well, that's okay, because Shirley MacLaine's here. And they're <gasps> the same size. So, oh. so. Marilyn said, fine, I'll do it. And she goes out and sings happy birthday. You know, we've all, I'm sure we've heard that. Right. And, and, and so I said, well, that's really interesting, you know, and then we got on the topic of quantum physics and, and Stephen Hawking came up and he was alive at that time. And uh, Shirley MacLaine said, well, I'm a friend of uh, a friend of Stephen Hawking. So I go, you Ooh. are. And I'm like, well, talk about an interesting person. Yeah. And she said, I was in Stephen's office 
And there were two pictures on the wall. One was of Albert Einstein and the other was Marilyn Monroe. <gasps> and I said, Stephen, I get Albert Einstein, but why Marilyn Monroe? And so then, Sonny, she imitates, she imitates Stephen Hawking and says, her curves are more beautiful than a quantum singularity. <laughs> you oh, know, so, my God. So I'm laughing. And I go, <laughs> and, and um, I said, gee, I wonder what, um, you know, and I'm laughing about this. And she said, and she goes, and I can't ever forget that when I got the role in the movie, The Apartment, and The Apartment was a movie that was a huge success and it catapulted Shirley MacLaine to superstar status. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, she was part of the Rat Pack and then she got catapulted to this. And, and she said, you know, there was the premiere, the red carpet premiere in Hollywood. Um, I think it was a Grumman's Chinese theater uh -huh. and Marilyn Monroe shows up at the premiere wearing a full length fur coat. And she said, we were all like, what's up with Marilyn? I mean, it's hot outside and there she is wearing this fur coat. Uh -huh. And Shirley said, so during um, the, the movie, Marilyn gets up and walks out to the lobby to go to the bar. And I went out there to see what was wrong. I said, you know, uh, is everything okay? And she said that Marilyn turned to me. Okay, now, Sonny, we are on air. Okay, this is all on air. <laughs> she turns to me and opens up the fur coat. And she's stark naked underneath it. What? And and Shirley MacLaine goes, now that I think of it, Stephen Hawking had a point. You know? So, oh my God. <laughs> so you know, and I, you know, I'm envisioning, you know, a naked Marilyn Monroe in this fur coat, you know. And and I said, Yeah, I wonder what Marilyn would think about that. And she said, Well, you're the medium, you tell me. Oh my god. And I'm like, oh my god, no no pressure at all, you know. And um and so I you know, I'm, I take a deep breath and I calm down and I open up my brain to the afterlife frequency and Marilyn comes through. Really? And, yeah. And so um one of the first things Marilyn said is, I was always jealous of you, Shirley, because you could walk through a crowd with such grace and elegance. And mm. I always felt so garish and insecure. And mm. Shirley said, well, that is something Marilyn would have said. And uh, then, then the next message was, thank you for taking the high road. Mm. And Shirley goes, I know exactly what she means. She said, it was cruel the way the studios used to play us off against each other. Yeah. And she said that when Marilyn died, she had been working on a movie and it was unfinished. And the studio came to me and said, well, can you like pick up the pieces and finish this movie? And Shirley said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to dishonor my friend that way. Uh... And, and then I said, there's somebody else with her. Oh my gosh. She's so beautiful. The most incredible her eyes are almost like violet. And before I could say anything, Shirley said, oh, Liz, she <gasps> was such a dear friend of mine. She treated me so well when I came to Hollywood. And then, mm -hmm. Sonny, it dawned on me. I'm on the phone doing a reading for Shirley MacLaine while I am communicating with the spirits of Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe. That is just wild, Mark. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've done readings for a lot of famous people, but I don't know if I'm ever really going to top that one. I don't <laughs> um, see how. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm sitting there and like my jaw's about to drop. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. 
and and it was such a great honor and then to see that Shirley is now recommending my book and and she said such beautiful things about uh, about it that how it it uh, blends faith and science and takes the reader on a journey from the cosmic to the subatomic and mm. and uh, so Ms. McLean uh, I don't know if you're listening but thank you um um, the world's a better place because she's in it. I, I agree with you on that one. And what a, a tremendous honor. And I have to ask, I, I want to jump right into, you know, you mentioned tuning into the afterlife frequency. So I want to dive in since that's the title of the book. But can I ask one other question about mediumship before sure. we go there? Because, Absolutely. you know, you were able to tune in to, to the frequency or tune to, through the afterlife frequency, connect with Marilyn Monroe and Liz Taylor. But if a person off the street who didn't have a close relationship with Marilyn or with Liz Taylor wanted to communicate with these, uh, you know, celebrities, it can, can they do that? Or is it because Shirley had a relationship while they were all alive that that was easy and it came through? I don't know if there's an easy answer to that. I think it's possible for a spirit that didn't have a connection to somebody to come through, but it's been my experience. The reason this was so profound is because Shirley MacLaine was good friends with both Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. So there was the direct personal connection. Because yeah, I remember like, you know, when certain, I remember when Michael Jackson died, people were calling me up, did he come through to you? And it was a whole yeah. wide woody. Why would he? Right. Okay, he didn't know me. I don't know him. I don't know anyone that knew him, you know, at least at that time directly. Um, you know, and I would say like, well, unless Jermaine or, you know, Janet or Latoya, you know, calls me up, um, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. And um, um, but I think that you need the uh, personal connection. I did a reading one time when I was in Philadelphia for this radio show host. And um, it was an African-American station, WURD, Philadelphia, fantastic station, fantastic staff. And, mm -hmm. and um, the host of the show, when it was over, she said, would you do a reading for me? And I said, sure. So I did a reading for her and this elderly gentleman came through and I said, he feels like a grandfather. And I was describing him and how he passed and, you know, what he looked like and his personality traits. And she said, that's my grandfather. And I said, wait, there's somebody with him. And I go, uh, I, 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 and I'm hesitating. And she said, what is it, Mark? Tell me whatever it is you're perceiving. I said, this is going to sound really weird, but I could swear a man that looks like Gandhi, mm. Mahatma Gandhi is standing next to him. And she said, well, that isn't weird at all because in the 1930s, my father lived in India and he was good friends with Mahatma Gandhi, and he studied nonviolence and nonviolent non-cooperation. And my grandfather was instrumental in the civil rights movement in the 1960s and worked with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Wow. And then I'm like, I'm connecting with Gandhi? Ugh. I mean, it's like, <laughs> but then again, there was the personal connection. Her grandfather was a friend and student of Gandhi. So, you know, people come to me and say, okay, you know, ring up, uh, you know, um, Charles Dickens or, or something like that. It doesn't necessarily work that way. So that's a really good question, Sonny. Uh, not too many people. In fact, I think you're really one of the few people who have ever asked me that question. So, you know, because I see mediums all the time, they go, oh, I'm talking to this one and that one and this one, you know, and, and I, you know, and I listen to their interviews and all that. And I'm like, 
Uh-huh. Because, <laughs> because first off, they're not bringing through anything verifiable. Right. I mean, I could sit here all day and say, you know, I, I talked to James Dean or, or, you know, Princess Diana or whatever, but unless you can bring through verifiable facts. And in both of those readings, I brought through things. I mean, I didn't know. First off, I never heard of her grandfather. Little did I know he was friends with Gandhi. I yeah. did not know that Shirley MacLaine was friends with uh, Marilyn Monroe and Elizabeth Taylor. More, much less did I know that what the studios were doing to to Shirley and Marilyn, pitting them off against each other at that time. Yeah. So yeah. those are the type of verifiable facts because, um, you know, I could say, um, oh, yes, the spirit of Henry VIII comes through to me. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's nobody alive now because, you know, he lived 500 years ago that could possibly verify the information coming through. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that stood out to me. I think how you put it, the weirder, the better when it comes to messages that come through because they can provide that verifiable, you're an evidential medium. So they provide that evidence that what you were picking up on, you're actually connecting through the afterlife frequency to that specific person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was doing a uh, what's called a light circle event. Um, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. We're going to be start doing them online now because until COVID's under control, I think it's, you know, it, it's very prudent not to have, you know, spreader events. But right. um, I had this one event. And there was a woman there and her father came through and all of a sudden I said, this is going to sound really weird, but I keep seeing images from, you know, the seven Snow White and the seven dwarves, but particularly the dwarf grumpy. And this lady, I mean, I'll never forget the look on her face. She goes, what did you say? And I'm like, well, sorry, I don't mean no, no. She goes, no. She goes, I collect grumpies. I'm like, what? And everybody in the groom's like, what? That's like a thing? She goes, yeah. She goes, I collect little figurines of the dwarf grumpy. He's my favorite, you know, dwarf. And I'm like, okay. Um, now that's that's a verifiable fact. I, I mean, you know, people, when they say, oh, you're cold reading, really? I'm going to look at someone and go, oh, grumpy the dwarf, you know? Uh, I mean, come on. Um, if I said, oh, you had a puppy, I mean, come on, who hasn't had a puppy, but Grumpy the Dwarf and the fact that she collects Grumpies, I mean, is that even a thing for her? It was, and those are the types of, of uh, unique pieces of evidence, verifiable facts that help to guarantee that uh, the, uh, the identity of the spirit communicating. And once you start getting confirmations on things like that, then they're going to go into deeper messages of love, healing, and resolution. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another thing that I, that, that stood out to me. Well, I'll just, let's just dive in here because the book is called the afterlife frequency. And I love, you've taken some of that, 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 I think the way that you put it was like outdated Victorian language to describe uh, spirit communication. And you have brought some new terms to the game that I think really makes sense. Like I will never forget in our first interview and you were explaining why it actually works to do a remote reading, uh, mediumship reading with someone. And you were explaining it in terms of like how our, our cell phones work. And so you, in this book, you have introduced some new terms and the way that you explain how you tune into the frequency. Um, just, it just makes so much sense. So I'm just going to let you take it from there, Mark, why the afterlife frequency? What is that? <laughs> Well, the afterlife frequency, think of our world, um, the material world. That's what I call the, the dimension that we live in. Um, according, 
the, the book goes very heavily into quantum physics, but I explain it in easy to understand everyday language. And then I illustrate it with examples anybody can relate to, because I mean, who wants to read a dry scientific treatise? You know, it's like reading the federal basic income tax code. It's dry, it's boring. I mean, it's important, but you know, it's, it's, it's like drinking cement, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to wade through. And so I promise that I'm not doing that to my readers. And one of the key theories uh, that I have introduced is the electromagnetic soul. And we know from faith that the soul, the spirit is who and what we are. And all the major belief systems, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Native American belief systems, Jainism, Taoism, Shintoism, uh, you can go, you know, worldwide. The belief is that who and what we are is a spirit that comes into the physical body. And when the physical body ceases to function, in other words, when we die, the spirit moves on. We know from the laws of thermodynamics and physics, energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. We know from the science, from the study of neuroscience, which is the study of the human brain, that the brain operates on chemical reactions and electrical impulses. Yet neuroscientists are completely unable to explain how that creates consciousness, you know, who and what we are, because it doesn't. All right. And so our brain is essentially like a computer hard drive that hosts the the program the soul you know because your your computer hard drive did not create you know windows 10 and the and the soon yeah. to be here windows 11 um or right. if you're using you know um apple or you know mac products uh you know it didn't create the apple programs but but the thing is i developed this term because we know that the brain not only has an electrical field but that everything on the most basic level you go from molecules which are made of atoms which are made of electrons, protons, and neutrons, which in turn are made of the tiniest of all subatomic particles, quantum, which is pure electromagnetic energy. So that our soul is an energy field. And that's where I came up with the term electromagnetic soul to describe what we really are, which is pure consciousness, a spirit, a soul, that is eternal electromagnetic energy. Yes. And right now where we sit today, we don't have necessarily the tools to be able to see that or verify it. And I love you included a quote in the book from Freeman Dyson, the late subatomic physicist, that science is not a collection of truths. It is a continuing exploration of mysteries. And so the the way that i that i understand it from having read your work you know we we're getting there but we're not quite there yet so until we have the tools to really fully see this how do we how do we i know you connect with the electromagnetic electromagnetic souls of folks but how do we trust that this is coming or how do we trust that this is what is actually happening well, part of the um, uh, uh, part of the teaching component of the book, what the reader will get out of it, is I'm not trying to turn people into mediums. Uh, too many of my colleagues, uh, be your own medium. I'll make you into a medium. And I've seen so many people just devastated, um, you know, frustrated, trying to take these courses. It's like me saying, I'm going to turn you into an Olympic swimmer. All right, well, yeah, we can all slosh around in a pool, but how many of us are going to be winning gold medals at the Olympics? The truth is, 
we're all simply good at doing different things. And some people are mediums and psychics and some people aren't, but we're all capable of having psychic and mediumistic experiences because of our physiology. So we're the technology, but I've got more to say on that in a bit. And that's why I was trying to figure out how do I explain this to people who are not mediums. So I was working on my computer, I was working on the book, and I just hit the writer's block. I couldn't, could not figure out how to explain this at all. So I decided to go for a walk on the beach, which is, you know, near where I live. And I'm heading down my driveway and I get these tingles, tingles and chills through my body. And I know that this is an electromagnetic impulse. So I said, ah, so there's some kind of, some spirits are around me. And I felt, okay, going wrong direction. I turned around and started in the opposite direction down this bike path near my house. So it's about 11 in the morning and I'm walking down the bike path and I see these two objects shining in the sun. And I walk up to them and I see that it's a nickel and a penny and I go to bend over and pick them up and I hear my mother's voice, you know, my mother's in spirit. And she said, it's bad luck if they're heads down. And I start and I start laughing because my mother's family was of Italian descent. Okay. And, you know, they have a, you know, Italians have a superstition for all occasions, you know, don't walk under a ladder, don't break a mirror, watch out for the black academy. It's all this stuff, you know, and then I hear my dad's voice. He too is on the other side. It's money. Grab it. So I'm laughing, you know, so I pick up these two coins and I'm holding them and I'm looking at them in my palm, in my palm of my hand and oh, it's six cents. And I go, oh, six cents. And I go, okay, okay, okay. They're trying to tell me something. Cold chills and tingles intensify. Mm -hmm. And then in my mind's eye, I see an image of my father standing in the ocean up to his waist in water, holding this blue canvas raft that he had. Now, my dad was a U.S. Navy SEAL. He was a scuba diver and a swimming instructor, okay? Probably taught like a thousand kids to swim in his lifetime. Dad loved teaching kids to swim, you know, and, and water safety and all that. And I go, raft. And then it hit me. <gasps> Recognize the signs from spirits, accept, feel, trust. I'm like, that was it. That's what my parents were trying to tell me. And I ran back to my office and the words just flew out of me. I got like 10 paragraphs and I, and I figured it out. And so yeah. what they were doing is guiding me to understand a four-step process on how to recognize signs from spirits, accept the contact is real, feel it without fear and feel it without overthinking it. Okay. The yeah. F parts where people get hung up and then trust the message recognize, accept, feel, trust. And then I realized it was more than just a, a situation like I experienced. Okay. Um, it, this can apply to people that maybe have a dream of a loved one who comes to them. And then, and you know, that it's not a typical dream, but rather a visitation to get a, because it has a beginning a middle and an end and it's coherent. So you apply the raft technique to understand it. This also applies to people trying to make sense of a near death experience or a deathbed vision. When somebody that you love is dying, they're, they're terminally ill, and that person begins to talk about spirits of their loved ones who've passed that they can perceive. And then it goes from being a DBV, a deathbed vision, to a shared death experience, because people in close proximity to the person dying, family members, friends, hospice care workers, um, start to see these and experience these sensations as well. So I realized that this was a very important message and that the raft technique enables anyone to get the maximum benefit out of signs from spirits by recognizing, accepting, feeling, and trusting. Sonny, if I may, the trust yes. part, 
the tea part. Yeah. In this day and age, there's a lot of lunacy going on where people say, oh, I'm a shaman and I'm getting messages that we need to do an insurrection or, you know, I'm a crazed, you know, uh, religious leader and we need to put on a bomb vest and blow up a whole bunch of people. And, and mm. I'm, I'm hearing this from God. All right. First off, those messages are not from God. Those messages are not from the divine. Those messages are not from spirits. Those messages are the byproduct of the human ego and it is a narcissistic control freak who wants to bend other people to his or her will because messages from the divine and from spirits are never about anger bigotry hatred or violence so you know that the message is coming from the divine coming from spirits when the messages are about love healing resolution and protection, you know, like, like perhaps giving you the heads up on a potentially dangerous situation or medical condition. And that's, that's very important to make that distinction. Yes. And I want to talk a little bit about the, the F part of wrath, the feel part. And this, this really stuck out to me because I think I am a classic overthinker and you shared this amazing story, uh, an example of how we, if we bring in the thinking or the overthinking, it can completely wreck the whole message. And you use this example. It was, I think you were doing an event with another medium and a woman, it was, do you mind, do you want to share that story? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm laughing because I mean, I'm laughing because it's funny now at the time it wasn't. You got to yeah. be very careful about jumping to conclusions. See, a lot of people expect everything to make sense immediately. Um, And I explain that that's a concept I call the unfolding. Think of the reading like a flower, blooms, blossoms, unfolds, and it takes time. The messages can take hours, days, weeks, even longer before the full impact makes sense. The other problem is people who immediately jump to conclusions and let their brain fill in the blanks um, with with the reading. the particular story that we're talking about, I was on a, a TV show in Long Island and uh, the host of the show, she's a medium, very, very sweet person. And there was a young lady in the audience and I was doing readings and I said, all right, man's coming through and I see him in a uniform and a badge. And she said, yes, my father was a New York City police officer. I said, now I'm feeling pains in my chest and I'm hearing the word shots. Well, before I could say another thing, The medium was on her feet and she said, yes, I'm hearing shots too. Your father was a police officer who was shot in the line of duty. Before I could say, you know, no, the young lady (laughs) said, actually, he was in a bar doing shots of, uh, I think it was tequila with his friends when he got a heart attack and dropped dead. Okay, we're on TV. All right. And, had to be a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, a little awkward. And I, you know, and I can't fault my colleague because, but what was happening there, she was allowing her brain to fill in the blanks. And that's why in paranormal investigation and spirit communication, the RAP technique, let's get all the information first before yeah. we start jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Um, you know, I see the, this happen in, in so many different, uh, uh, you know, occasions. Um, I was doing a reading for this woman And her mother's spirit came through and I kept hearing um, messages about, I said, there's a young man, he's on the child niece nephew level. He's in this world. She goes, well, I don't have a son, but I have a nephew. I said, okay, there's something going on with his eyes or eyesight. And Mm -hmm. she said, huh? 
She said, you know, my sister's been um, telling me that her son's complaining he's been getting headaches a mm. lot lately. And he was a little kid. He was like in third or fourth grade. Yeah. And uh, he was getting like, you know, eye strain and headaches. I said, and um, so I said, well, your mother said you got to get him to the eye doctor. And I'm hearing little Richard singing Tutti Frutti, ah, Rudy. And, you know, I'm doing Tutti Frutti, ah, Rudy. And mm -hmm. this, this lady, this is phone reading. And she goes, well, she goes, I know who little Richard was because he, you know, he had died like, you know, some, some time before that. And she said, but that doesn't make any sense because we're not really little Richard fans and Tutti Frutti doesn't make any sense to us. And I yeah. said, well, don't worry about it. Just make a note of it. Anyway, a month later, I get an email from her and she said, well, I, I got told my sister about the reading and she said, yeah, let's take my son to the eye doctor. So I went with her. And as soon as we walked into the doctor's office, the eye doctor's office, my sister, my nephew and I on the radio, it's playing Tutti Frutti already <gasps> by Little Richard. Huh. Okay. That is verification from the spirit of her mother that they were doing the right thing. Now, right. people say, well, that's got to be a coincidence. Really? Really? <laughs> okay, out of all the songs that have ever been produced, I just pull Tutti Frutti already out of, you know, out of thin air. Uh huh. The reason it is spirits can see what we consider to be the future, because getting back to my concept of the electromagnetic soul, when we get to the quantum level, the most basic unit of electromagnetic energy, Quantum theorists, quantum physicists believe that time doesn't exist on the quantum level because everything is energy. So past, present, and future appear to be um, occurring simultaneously. I know that's a lot. I know that's yeah. a lot to, to, to grasp, but that is how spirits are able to perceive events that you and I would consider to be the future. Right. And so when we're interfacing with spirits, they're not invisible humans lumbering around with our same limitations of knowledge and, and slowness. They are pure energy that are linked to other spirits, linked to other spirits, linked to other spirits, what in the afterlife frequency and part of what I call the collective consciousness, yeah. which is the eternal sea of souls. Um, you're still an individual, but you're interlinked. And so, um, so anyway, I know I'm, I'm getting kind of deep there, but these are just some of the things uh, that I explain in my new book, The Afterlife Frequency. Yeah, and I want to I want to uh, back up just a little bit to something that you mentioned um, that I think is important for folks who are um, wanting to receive the messages through uh, a medium, someone like Mark. Um, that this woman, when when you said, "I'm hearing Tutti Frutti, Oh Rudy" by Little Richard, instead of saying, "No, no, no, I don't know what that is. That doesn't make any sense." It, the fact that it may be something like, "Okay, I don't know what that means just yet, but I'm curious and I'll think about it." Like, what's the difference there in terms of blocking a message that comes through by saying, "No, no, no," versus, "Okay, the unfolding may happen at a later date, and I will keep my eyes open." Uh, yes, the no, no, no syndrome is where anything that comes through, people immediately shoot it down if they don't make sense. Of it. No, 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 no. And energetically, what you're doing is it's like you're slamming the door in the spirit's faces. You're creating an energetic block to them. So it's better to say, I'm not sure, let me think about it, or I don't know just yet, because energetically, that leaves the door open. Also, because of the unfolding, a lot of things that come through, like the Tutti Frutti R. Rudy and the eye exam for the little boy, didn't make sense right away because it had not yet happened. 
or you know the person hasn't had time to reflect on it you know, because a lot of people go into reading and it's just no 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 because they expect it to be texting and instant messaging we live in a well we live in an era of yeah well they do we live in an era of miraculous technology the problem is um by such a reliance on that technology we're beginning to tune out our own intuition and our own psychic sense mm. i saw a funny funny post on uh, social media recently and it was a it was all these people sitting on benches in a park and every one of them they're looking at their cell phones looking down at their cell phones and in the background you see bigfoot walking by <laughs> and the caption said this is why there have been no recent photos of bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point <laughs> oh that's awesome um well i want to switch gears just a little bit because we really haven't talked much about your background um and and i think there was something that i learned about you in this book that i was not aware of before and that was that you had a near-death experience when you were a very young child um and you received a message during that that experience right that but, yeah. but I don't really want to get into that. And oh, here's okay. why, okay. here's why um, the chapter on near death experiences is um, a very key point to the entire book. And the mm -hmm. thing is um, I, I, I want people to read that because I've had a couple people say, well, I got your book and I went right to this chapter because, and it says in the forward of the, or excuse me, the introduction that I wrote, yeah. you have to start from page one. Because, oh, yeah. in, well, because in yeah, each yeah. chapter, there are concepts that I explain and introduce that are essential for understanding what comes in the next chapter. And then what you gain in that chapter is essential for what comes in the chapter after that. So yeah. it builds on itself because a lot of people just want to, you know, they go to what they want. And then if they don't understand it, it's because they haven't read the prior, you know, three or four or five um, chapters before that. And right. so, yes, the NDE, I did have a near-death experience. And what, what occurred during that um, has been a crucial part. Um, well, it's part of me, part of my life. And it's also a key element of what I'm conveying in in the afterlife frequency so it, what it is i don't i don't want to give away the stories that i spent months writing yeah. um because i'm not going to tell it as as well as 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 it's explained there and it really is i will say having read the book now and you saying that i'm like i completely agree there there are certain through lines in the in the book that you you have to keep reading to get the next part of the story and that makes a lot of sense so what, can we talk a little bit about you being, um, you know, as you write, because this was something that I also, this was kind of new to me, that, you know, you talk about psychic ability as an inherited recessive genetic trait, and you are a fourth generation um, uh, psychic, uh, and you're, both of your parents, really unusual, both of your parents were both um, uh, mediums. And yes. so can you speak a little bit about what that's like to have like connecting with spirits is in your DNA, really? It, it, it is. And let me tell you, when both mom and dad are mediums, it was really tough being a teenager because, um, <laughs> you know, teenagers you know, are always up to something. Not that I was nefarious or anything, but, you know, I was a teenager. I was a teenage boy. I mean, you know, need I say more? And uh, they always seem to know, like, if I, you know, and parents have that. 
have that anyway, but man, my parents had it on steroids about, no, that's not where you were. No, that's <laughs> not who you're with. No, you're not telling us the truth. Um, you know, looking back on it, I'm so grateful. I'm so, so incredibly grateful. Um, and here's why I'll tell you this story, which is not in the book is actually in my last book, evidence of eternity. When I was three and a half and I started seeing spirits, um, I remember mom was like, oh, he's got it. And dad was like, oh, he's got it. Oh. And and he he wasn't, I don't want to say he wasn't happy, but I could, you know, he was worried now that I'm looking yeah. back. And before I started school at five, I started first grade um, um, right around the time I turned five. And he said, Mark, you, you only talk about this to your mother and me. He said, mm -hmm. because people won't understand and people who see things, others don't get taken away. Now that was scary. Well, mm -hmm. what it was, it, this is a recessive trait, meaning it, it can skip a generation or two. Not everybody in the family has it. It's like being left-handed you know, that's genetic, yeah. uh, but you know, it's, it's, you know, one out of 10 people, you know, give or take my mother's side of the family, the Italian side embraced it. Uh, they looked at this as uh, visions of the Holy spirit. And my maternal great-grandmother, Giovanna, um, was actually featured in, um, uh, they, uh, there was a PBS special in 2016 called The Italian Americans. And there was a, a segment where they referenced my maternal great-grandmother, Giovanna, because she was known as the woman who knows things. Mm -hmm. And they even talked about her psychic abilities. Um, and uh, uh, that, that's a whole other story unto itself. So what had happened is my father had three sisters and one of them was like him, Marjorie, and she could see spirits and his mother, Isabel and his maternal grandmother, Grace all had mediumship ability. And Margie, uh, my aunt Marjorie, whom I've never met in this world. Okay. This all happened about 20 years before I was born. Um, cause I came along later in life to my parents. So I, they always told me I was the surprise and apparently I never stopped <laughs> surprising them, but, but, but anyway, um, Margie was married to this religious extremist mm -hmm. and he didn't like what she did. He thought it was somehow evil. And one day he was a machinist and he was getting ready to go to work at this steel plant in Pennsylvania. And she said, uh, you can't go to work today. Something terrible is going to happen. You can't. She threw like a fit. And he's like, fine, you and that voodoo stuff of yours, I'll stay home just to make you happy. Well, that day a crane was lifting thousands of pounds of steel beams and the cable snapped and it crushed the machine shop that he worked on and, and killed everybody in it. Mm. Well, wow. instead of being grateful, he had her committed to a mental institution and she was forcibly subjected to involuntarily subjected to electroshock therapy for over six months. Mm. Uh, so she never spoke about seeing spirits again. And um, my mother was furious. She refused to have anything to do with her brother-in-law. My dad couldn't stand the guy and poor Margie was never the same after that. And um, what's amazing is is my dad was so worried and that's why he was telling me this and i didn't understand when i was five years old why he was like i, I thought he was mad at me and he wasn't he was mm. protecting me and then as i got older i started putting the pieces together and i remember talking to my parents about this and uh, they told me uh what had happened and it was like oh my god you know um to be to be brutalized like that 
So, so dad didn't want, you know, the social stigma. I mean, you know, I have to put up with, with, you know, uh, rude people on social media and, you know, religious fanatics and all that. The thing is, you know, we could, we could be here all day. There are passages in scripture, which are um, favorable towards spirit communication, particularly uh, Romans 12 uh, verses six, where it indicates that we all have gifts from God according to the grace given to each of us. And if your gift is prophesizing, then prophecy in accordance with your faith. And then yeah. you have Corinthians, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 22, where it gives a list of different gifts we have from God. To one is given prophecy, to another discernment of spirits. Mm. But one and the same spirit provides all of these. In other words, God. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, people take a salad bar approach to Christianity and they pick and choose what they want so they can cast the right. first stone. And it's not <laughs> that easy. Okay. And, and the thing is, you know, many of my friends are, are uh, evangelical Christians and we have discussions about this. Uh, a couple of them, you know, I've done readings for, um, Baptist ministers, Episcopalians, Lutherans, Methodists, Catholic priests, um, um, Hindu priests, I mean, all faiths, uh, Muslims have come to me. And the thing is, um, this is an ability that that all of us have to varying degrees. Some of us are more proficient at it than others. And there's a logical explanation for it. When I was yeah. eight years old, I remember looking at the stars with my dad. And he was a NASA engineer. He'd been an Navy SEAL. Now he was working for NASA. And so he was my hero. I mean, my yeah. dad works like on spaceships, you know? Yeah. And he said, Mark, there's no such thing as a mystery. There's only questions for which we do not yet have the answer. And if you put enough funding, enough research, and enough focus, you'll find the answer. And it will be based on science. And so that's why I wrote the afterlife frequency so that anyone could understand how the different forms of spirit communication, whether it's through a medium, a direct visitation, near death experience, shared death experience, deathbed vision, out of body experience, how that happens, why these happen and where this happens. And there's nothing evil or negative about it because it's not paranormal or supernatural. It's a normal part of human nature. Yes. And, when we're talking about this afterlife frequency, um, and I noticed that you you wrote that there are certain times when a person is more attuned to this afterlife frequency. I mean, we're all, uh, it is around us, it is with us, um, and but there are times when we can be more tuned in than others. And I'm sure folks out there who want to, um, whether it's through a medium or through just having their own experiences with it through a dream or through after-death communication, want to be attuned to it. So what, what advice or wisdom do you have for that? Well, um, I would say definitely read the afterlife frequency because it's going to explain, you know, the, um, the RAF technique, uh, how to enhance your spiritual situational awareness. It all has to do with awareness. It also has to do with removing the clutter from your mind. You know, once again, you know, turn off the cell phone, take out the earbuds, stop with the distractions. And I'm not being critical. I mean, I have all that stuff and I love it, you know, but the thing is, there's a time and a place for everything. And you've got to be able to get yourself into the mind 
set to be more receptive to this. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the olden days before caller ID, it was always funny at my house, there's a phone would ring and mom or dad would go, oh, that's Aunt Etta. Oh, that's, uh, you know, cousin so-and-so. <laughs> and they'd answer the phone and it was, you know, and, um, you know, because in, in that, that wasn't just my family, other people would do that too. And, yeah. and so, so, you know, we have, we have developed all this wonderfully miraculous technology, but the downside is it, it is thwarting us relying on our own intuitive senses. And, you know, I know we're almost out of time because we, there, we have um, two physiological, uh, in other words, we have two areas in our body. There's a physiological basis for why mm -hmm. this happens, which is tied into electromagnetic energy, which is explainable through quantum physics. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and so that, that's why I wrote the afterlife frequency to help people understand that the divine power that we can call God, that we call God exists, that heaven, the afterlife, nirvana, uh, the life beyond this world, the afterlife frequency exists, that our electromagnetic soul is an immortal living being that we can mm -hmm. communicate with souls and that we will be reunited with our loved ones in the, the light, the, the afterlife frequency when it is our appointed time to leave this material world. Yes. And I want to make sure people have the opportunity to connect with you, Mark. Um, so today I've been talking to Mark Anthony. His latest book, The Afterlife Frequency, has just been released. You have an event coming up, um, the Mark Anthony Hallows Eve Spirit Communication event. Um, details can be found at the website afterlifefrequency.com. That's afterlifefrequency.com. Um, anything you want to say about the event, Mark, before we wrap up today? Absolutely. Yes. Please go to my website, afterlifefrequency.com. Go to the calendar of events, click on there, and it'll bring up you know, the calendar for October. And this is an online event. It's just like uh, the group events that I do in person. And we're capable of doing this online because the electromagnetic souls move at the speed of light. And uh, this is sponsored by, um, um, presented by brightlive.com. And uh, I've been doing a number of these events over the last year. And they're just as, as accurate as in-person readings, and it's a very healing time. And we thought, you know, this time of year, instead of a spooky, scary thing, let's do an uplifting spiritual thing, a Hollows Eve spirit communication event. Oh, beautiful. Well, Mark, I just, I can't thank you enough, not only for this latest book, I always look forward to your, your, your writing. It's just like I said at the beginning of the show, it's, it's one of my favorite, how you bring everything together so beautifully, but thank you again for coming back on the show. Um, I'm sure we have, Vinny, what do we have, like 30 seconds or a minute left? If you have a final message, Mark, feel About free yeah. uh, to mm -hmm. share that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I want to thank you, Sonny. I want to thank Benny, KKNW, and all the listeners for tuning in to Sunny in Seattle. Many <laughs> blessings. Namaste. Be at peace. Much love. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, so good to have you back on, Mark Anthony. And of course, thanks, Benny uh, in Seattle. And thanks, Jeff in Petaluma. Thank everyone out there for listening. You have been listening to Sunny in Seattle. This is your host, Sunny Joy, signing off. <laughs>